Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Breakdown. My name is John Humiston. I'm your host. As always, sitting across from me at the table, a new table, by the way. New table. New table. Fancy. Getting fancy. uh, (laughs) Is lead pastor Nick Pierce. We're sitting down to discuss and to break down uh, this past week's sermon on Revelation 8, which you titled. Hold on. Oh, did I title it? Seven Seals and... uh, The Seventh. Seventh seal and first four trumpets. Yeah, Sorry. pretty original right there. Very, pretty. Did you take that from the, the heading of the scripture? <laughs> right out of it. Right out of it. Like, hey, it's been good for 2,000 years. Why am I going to mess with it? Like, just keep on with it. We don't need to be super creative when yeah, it's Yeah, it's done. Revelation. So, like, this is what's going down. Oh, man. So we're going to dissect into Revelation. Um, before we do that, just a, a little... Um, Disclaimer. This, ooh, okay. So, so we had a little technical difficulty last week. We had, we had some audio issues. Did anybody let you know about that? <laughs> and we have such a faithful audience. A few, a few people. Yeah. And my response was, well, the person who mattered the most, their mic was no, on and plenty loud. Not at all. Like, we we, we want to hear from the Mr. Hummiston. Uh, yeah. Hey, give mm-hmm. give a shout sure. out. Give a shout out if you want to hear from Jerron Moore. So we uh, we Jerron, let's talk about what you think of Revelation Eight. <laughs> Let me. I have a couple of questions. We did that a here. few weeks ago, and people missed you. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so I didn't want to uh, go back and re-record the podcast, and because you were going in there trying to fix the audio, yeah. but it was just like every I was time an you hour sp- in, and I was I think like. 20 minutes into an hour long podcast. I was like, yeah. this is, this is not good. Yeah. It's okay. So I, we double checked the audio. We, as in you got a mouse in your pocket over there. That's exactly right. I'm double checking, looking. Is my audio okay? Your audio is good. Mine's is, a little quiet. Here's a little quiet. That's rare. I know. I know. But <laughs> all in the well, eye of the beholder. We'll, we'll go with it. So, but we are going to, we are going to break down, uh, revelation eight. Uh, if you did miss last week because of the audio issues, uh, we kind of made a big announcement kind of shifting. Yeah. Uh, kind of how we do the breakdown a little bit mm-hmm. while we're in revelation. And so, um, you have been doing, uh, a, an apologetics class Correct. on Tuesday here. Yep. And so 10 a.m. Yep. And, so and I think we're going to go. I got talked into one more session. One more week. So we're going to do, th- we have three more to go. We, we so really were, you have six more to go is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> so it was only supposed to be a four week class. And I was like, I haven't even touched on any biblical archeology. span You said three things this morning. I was like, that's not good because like that's three more. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, like, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, it's good. We're going to go a fifth week and we're going to talk about archeology span that confirms or affirms the Bible. Ooh, I like that. So, so, so if you're locally here. If you're local, Tim, come, come out to, and we if do want to drive here. That's fine. Yeah. If you want to drive here and we do have the link to it. So if like you're interested in that, we can make that available to you. to you. We can send it to you. Okay. We did record it. So good thing so far, two weeks in. It's been good, but I, I appreciated you've been doing questions at the end, but the way that you framed out the questions is yeah. only specific to this morning's conversation. Yeah. And so, um, in that same kind of sense, we are going to kind of shift a little bit cause I'd never wanted the breakdown to be like the Jaron show but 90% of the questions come from it's the drone show. It's the drone show. So it's gone exactly where I didn't want it to go. Um, and so I've had people ask me questions or just in previous episodes. Yeah. Oh, I wish like you were right on the verge. I wish you had gone a little bit further. I wish you'd hit this question. So got my creative juices flowing going, especially with revelation. There is, um, there are questions out there. There's things that people need to have deconstructed or constructed. And so we're going to open up based on, only the parameters are based on that week's message. We're yeah. going to kind of open up a text line where you can ask questions and then we'll pick out a few uh, and answer those. Did we have any this week? We didn't this week. Okay. Wow. Step we it had up, four guys. people Step join the up. text line. So, okay. But so if they're joining you out. Me out <laughs> I think my wife maybe joined. There's one other person. So, oh, um, but right. uh, we'll put all of that in the show notes. But real quick, cool. if you want to just grab your phone, you're going to text the word the breakdown. No spaces, all lowercase, to the number 573-679-3760. Yeah, I don't have that number memorized like you do. I have to do it every Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we'll send out a reminder on Sunday morning or maybe even Sunday afternoon going, hey, if you have any questions from today's message, respond to that, and uh, we'll go from there. Because it really is, for me, I say... And I say this because people have told me, even my wife, like this really is your wheelhouse. Like you love when people have questions. Yeah. And and 
let it be questions where there's clear answers. Uh, but we were in college life group um, last Sunday, two days ago, three days ago, whatever it would be. And like, we got real hypothetical about some stuff where it's like, all right, the, the scripture's not clear. But if, if we take what is clear and maybe try to fill in gaps and, and, and we were very clear in that, like the Bible's not clear. We don't know for sure, but here's some anchor points that could lead and guide us. I like those too. I think that's fun. As long as you keep it in the parameter of like, I really don't know, but going off of what I do know, this is how I would fill in the the Bible says exactly. Yeah, for sure. So that that's always fun too. But I think. Um, that's why the apologetics was such a big thing for me in school and even in my own faith was like, I want to be able to try to provide good answers yeah. for tough questions of Christianity. And and I hope we're doing that, not just because we're in Revelation, but in any of it, like the apologetics class, Sunday mornings, even the breakdown, like uh, Jesus is real. The Bible is real. Our, our faith um, in him is real. And at times it's really hard yeah. <laughs> and and we're left. Sometimes we feel like with more questions than we have answers. Um, but I just always remember hearing like, there's really a lot of good answers out there. Yeah. Um, you just have to dig a little bit for it. And it's a lot of things. It's kind of fun. It's like, Ooh, I never thought about that. And that was the goal for me is I think very differently than you think. So when you yeah. take that across our church, like there's a lot of people that probably have good questions that I never even like, I yeah. kind of, honed in on this and they're like, I really didn't care about that, but I honed in on this other thing for sure, you know, and, and trying to help the body grow and yeah. trying to help people deepen their walk with the Lord. And that's um, even the whole purpose of like our life groups, you know, the opening question after you get past all the like, Hey, how you doing type stuff is what stood out to you in the sermon? Like what? Nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing <laughs> as a life group leader. He was preaching up there. I didn't even listen to him. Didn't he preach on something? What is going on? <laughs> and so in this, even, even in our own life group, like, and I've, I've had to, phrase it a few times like hey like just because i'm here don't make that like because even a few times they'll be like well you you said this uh, and it's like no 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 just sounds awkward but like hey i appreciated this comment or nick said that like really remove me make it less personal yeah because a lot of times they'll all look at me (laughs) and say it like so i don't lead the life group somebody else leads it Mm -hmm. but then they'll look at me and be like well you said this and it's like you're right i did but it's it's not about that third person i try to (laughs) I try to, and that might sound weird, but it's no, like, I'm, I don't want the pressure of like, oh, the pastor's standing right so there. So Nick I can't said, say <laughs> he's sitting right there. But yeah, for but me, Nick that's said. my favorite part is just to hear like, cause there's parts that like, this is what stands out to me. Yeah. And in the first couple times I ever like shared what stood out to me, like you saw people like, and it's like, yeah, things stand out to me in the sermon too. Like it's still the word of God. It's still preaching, even though I'm the loud mouth up there. There's things that stand out to me. And, and it's funny. I'll say like, oh, I like it. I liked it when I said, and it it just sounds kind of goofy or whatever, but it still stands out to me too. So you get to see the different parts that different people, it impacts them into seeing how the Holy Spirit's working and moving, you know, in different people that are in different seasons of life and, Especially even the three services. Yeah, if you say things that you know. Yeah, if you have like a mixed multitude. That can get tense. Oh, People get very... They'll be like, oh, I liked when Nick said this. He didn't say that. Not my service. Like, yeah. what service were you in first? <laughs> well, I was in third. Yeah. Well, it, it is different. So I, I have I have a question. Uh-oh. Because um, I have one too. Oh, do you really? I know. Your question's probably better than mine. Mine might be really quick. Nah, you're all right. So I'm only using what came up in life group. That kind of helps because we do life group that night. That's true. You frame. I honestly wish we did life group on Sunday. Hey, Humiston life group. Can you just help him out? Help a brother out here. He just because would... it's so fresh in my mind. I and know. I think by the time we get to Thursday with families and kids, because we have a younger life yeah. group and it's just always like, what do you talk about? What do you talk? Okay. I like, I'll go I, back and listen to it like Wednesday or Thursday just, just to like, refresh. <laughs> so, um, but so walking through, uh, revelation eight, you talked about yeah. the silence in heaven yeah. and what that was. I had somebody email me. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. So you said... I uh, said you're a heretical liar. No. That seems about right. That's so, normal. That's normal. Um, no, I'm teasing. The silence in heaven is the somberness and reverence for what is taking place on earth, yeah. which is God's wrath being poured out. Mm-hmm. So this is where my mind goes to. Yeah. Because uh, very frustratingly, sometimes uh, when we get to end of life conversations at funerals, yeah, I, I 
you hear this maybe well-intentioned or over-exaggerated, like, oh, I, I knew Papa it, it looking down on us. Yeah. He's like, He's in a better spot. He, he don't care what's going on. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's with the Lord. And like, yeah. I, my, my, I will never forget, like, the, the rock in my life was, was my grandfather when he died yeah. of cancer. Like, mm. my, my world came to a crumbling, not because, like, I knew where he, I yeah. knew where he was. I knew where he went. Um, but for me, it was just like, I'm going to miss out on, you know, those interactions. And yeah. so there's been extended family members and stuff that have said that. And it's just like, I want to overcorrect sometimes, you yeah. know, just like run to like, do yeah. you not realize like he's with the Lord? Like yeah. he could care less what's yeah. going on down here. And cause you see that, like, I think of, uh, I used to love the comics and the newspaper, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, and the family circus. Oh yeah. It was Classics. always good. You know, and, and I think written from a Christian perspective, I was just real life, stuff like that. But when they talk about past ones, they have them as angels sitting on the clouds, looking down. down, And it's like, there's like three theological problems with that right there. No words, no text, just the picture. Like "Ah, there's some, yeah, one, you're not getting wings. We don't become (laughs) angels when we die. And even walking through cemeteries mm-hmm. you know they're like oh another angel got their wings and it's like bad theology you know but it, obviously time and space i'm not going to bring it up then yep. you know they're not on clouds because then it's like oh really nice sunny day that means heaven is nowhere to be found <laughs> i've <laughs> never heard that one yeah so right. yeah there, there it is and then yeah are they looking down are they seeing the events that are going on on earth or whatever yep. and are they really watching and it's just like and that's hard because we want to we want to provide comfort but if you provide comfort to the level that it's not true or you're lying, yeah. it's really not real comfort then, yeah. you know, the, the truth will always be comforting. It's the manner in which we do it can make it more or less, but you know, nobody wants to be lied to. Yeah. That's never comforting. You know, same like when the few times my wife has asked me, does this look good on me? Like she puts on like a new shirt or something. It's like, I can say, honey, you look great. And she does cause she's my wife. But if, if, if I lie to her, yeah, that's good just, for you, buddy. I'm so glad you guys come to that point in your relationship. I just say, you know, that's pro. I like you in something else. That's how I get around it. I like you in something else. Yeah, write that Takes down. Notes. Yeah, or that's not my favorites, yeah. and then but I have to back it up with, but I do like you in this or whatever. Where I look at my wife and I'm just like, I feel frumpy. That's what I said. <laughs> I feel frumpy. Yeah. She's like, you look frumpy. And I'm like, well, at least we're communicating that's at a good. high level there. That's, that's good. That's but good. yeah, so that's the, so the silence in heaven, the sombering, uh, cause somebody asked me, they were like, well, they email. And it was a great question. You know, like, Hey, it said a half an hour of silence. I thought, I thought there was no time in heaven. And I'm like, well, and I had that conversation. Yeah. Like, that's a very specific time construct yeah. that, for us to see in scripture. Yep. Like, huh? That stood out to me, and then it was the okay. I thought we weren't aware, but if there's yeah. a silent summerness in heaven because of God's wrath being poured out, like yep. so, there was that, my mind just started spinning. It was like, oh, he's still preaching. I got to get back. Yeah, because I think you know the reason for the silence and that somberness for me is <clears throat> there's one time I, I like good analogies because I talk a lot. Love a good analogy. So when my older two were little, we were in the foyer of the church and they were just kind of running around. Nothing horrible. I was just trying to get their attention. Yep. So I'm saying their name, say their name again, say it a little bit louder. And it's like, and it's in the foyer of a church. So it's loud. So I kind of, I gave it that, I gave it, I gave it some goodness. Some gusto. Some gusto. Mm -hmm. The whole place went silent. Yep. They're like, not only did you get their attention, you got everybody's everybody's attention. And I was even like, they're not in trouble. They just couldn't hear me. I was hollering their name a few times. And I got like, then half the old ladies are looking at me like, oh, there he is just screaming at his kids. Yeah. And I was like, how dare he? So when they all looked over, I started taking my belt off and just started swinging oh, at my He's kids, kidding. their kidding, kids, guys. You can't see it. everybody's kidding. kids. <laughs> to start a beat. This is one of those right moments we talked foyer. about in our meeting. Oh, like, is this when I can't? This okay, is, so. Yeah. People who don't know you don't understand whether you're joking or not. <laughs> and we have it. a platform where we probably have people so listening. So many people. Oh, like goodness. on a Sunday when I have to say, oh, yeah, that was a joke. Yep. I love that. <laughs> it was like, did he? I'm glad you that? do because I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I'm back there and it's like, I know him. I work with him. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Because I'm thinking about all the, like, I'm looking around, like, how many new faces do we have in oh, the yeah. room that are, like, 
mortified at yeah. what he you're just like you have that dry sense of humor and there's times that it catches <laughs> usually more during second service yeah. because there's a larger group so it's like oh, yeah. somebody chuckles then everybody chuckles but in our be the first to chuckle okay just be nice in just, the smaller services it's the awkward like i don't want to be the guy that uh, laughs at that and then no one laughs yeah and then it's like <laughs> then you kind of pop and it's like that's a joke okay hey, here on. we go moving <laughs> we're just moving on don't want you to take me serious like oh man. so i think there's that seriousness kind of in that in a very minute way of like when we it you see somebody's not anger but you see that and it's like hope everybody tightens up yeah. you know or you've seen that at school a teacher kind of gets on it and everybody gets real quiet or something it's like oh something serious the is going down has been thrown down yeah and it's almost that and mentality that man the first the first of three waves of god's wrath one first one is done and and the intensity is only going to get worse and it's like ooh. And so, yeah, so half hour, like it's weird because I'm processing and I'm thinking through like all through the gospels, at least you never really hear of like a half an hour. Mm -hmm. You hear like the third watch, the first watch, they were there. You don't have like the specific time construct. Like we're like, Hey, meeting 1215, yeah, 1230. Yeah. There's no, or even ambiguity. And so forth. Just, Oh, there's a half hour there. And it's like, Oh, okay. And, and yes, God is outside of time, but it doesn't mean that he can't work. He's not limited to being outside of time. He is outside of time in his nature and his being, but he can still operate and move within time, Yeah, you know, cause it's his creation. I believe he's, he's transcendent, meaning he's set apart. He's a part distant from his creation, but he's also imminent where he can work and move within it. And, and I wonder if John's just writing to give us like the, and silence hit. Because he, before, had already said that the cherubim had been just crying out in worship, holy, 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 and that never stopped, never stopped, just over and over, and all of a sudden, seal breaks, and then silence. And then at some point, the angels come forward, and they're given trumpets, and it's like, here's the next wave and it's only going to get more real. And, and so, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with like hard theology on that more of understanding the, the why of it, not the yeah. how of it. So, cause it's weird. Like it's, it's the first two verses. It's the first verse of eight. Mm-hmm. So when the lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Um, you know, and so you see that right out of the gate, just this very clear construct and you did, you did it. I, at least in two services, I think yeah. all three where you paused for 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. It felt like ever because in a group that size in a room that size, I don't do well with silence or quiet in general, but when you're, when you're expecting or you, you've gotten used to something, the silence is even more deafening. Yeah. So for me, what it immediately went to, cause I'm a visual, like I think and process and so for me, it was all of this worship is going on in heaven. And almost this is uh, this is me, John Humiston, not found in scripture. I think of that almost being like a rock concert in the sense of like, it's just deafening. Yeah. Like all of heaven, all of creation is singing yep. and worshiping. Yep. And then because we've gotten accustomed and used to that, that when silence happens, it's so much louder yeah. because we've gotten used to it. And all of a sudden it is just dead quiet because the wrath of God is being yep. poured out. Yeah. And that, that phrase half an hour, it's only one word uh, in the Greek. That's Did you what look was, it up? What yeah, was that's it? what I was like. So it's only one word in the Greek and, and it's, um, I, I expect I, correct pronunciation. Well, uh, you're out. It's, <laughs> it's a, a compound word, uh, himasu and hora, like, so hour, so hemi half, yep. or you know, so it's a half an hour. I mean, it literally just means half an hour, but that's the only time it's used in all of the New Testament. That's the only time. That's the only time it's used, and so there's no other connotation or anything to it. So it's very, so it is very unique, and that it, it should cause us to scratch our heads and be like, oh, that's that's weird, that's yeah. different, you know, um, and that's how John, you know, decided, you know, obviously through. Uh, full of the Holy spirit writing, but being inspired, but yeah, that's how he described it. And so it is a, it is a uniqueness there that we don't see anywhere else. And, and because we don't see the wrath of God like this anywhere else either. And, and so there's a, there's a key to that. And again, all those, you know, let it be, if it's figurative, if it's literal, if it's symbolic, 
you know, all of that, regardless of what stance you really want to take is always written to evoke a response mm-hmm. from us, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we need to again, focus on. So it's like, are we in time outside of time? What's going to be happening in heaven? Great questions, you know, and the things to look at. Um, because even in sixth, I think when we were looking at the seals, um, with the, the souls of those under the altar that were crucified, mm-hmm. they're saying how long, and so, and they are told to rest a little longer. And so there, there's a, there's a sense of a time construct yeah. going on, meaning they know it hasn't happened yet and they are waiting for it to happen. And they're told to rest a little longer until it does happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, and so, and so in another sense, is that a part of the silence that we hear? You have the, those under the altar saying, how long Lord, how long Lord? And then finally the seal opens and it's like, yeah, oh, it's now it's happening, you know, type of a thing. So a lot of, and, and that can get a little, little hypothetical yeah. and stuff, but, but still good to lean into and ask some of those questions and like, okay, what's the response, you know, almost like, like when you're watching a good movie and it's like, it's darker, there's like a low rumbling of like a pad sound background or whatever. It's like, it's trying to invoke in you a response. Yeah. And I think in the same way, there's that, like John's really wanting us to like, Hey, if you were here right now, this is what you were going to see. And, and then in that silence, all of a sudden these angels roll up and, and they're given trumpets and this other angel walks up to the golden uh, altar of incense and he's given incense. So we don't know if there's communication with that. And he grabs a bunch of that fire and he throws it on the earth. And then that first angel steps forward. So it was the first thing they're hearing that first trumpet. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, but it's to think through that where it would go quiet and there, you would feel like there'd be a stillness about Mm it. And then all of a sudden here they, you know, seven angels roll in, they're giving Mm -hmm. trumpets. Here's this eighth angel walking over to like, it was just like, Oh, here's action. You know, it's something that we're watching more than we're listening I for. I hadn't put that together. Like, cause when you say silence for me, it's almost like silence and stillness. Like yeah. I, I combine those two things together. It's like, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Like silence and movement can yeah. still be happening. Think of like, uh, what is that called? The guard of the empty tomb. Oh, the tomb of the unknown soldier. Yeah. Yep. Tomb of the hey. unknown soldier. Thank you. And so, you show up and they're like, there's silence, but you see them operate like they have, and it's very orchestrated, oh, like yeah. fine-tuned, like to the nth degree. It's very reverent. Yes. S- same mentality, okay. I would say. Okay, that's good. I would say same mentality. Okay. Except no soldiers, no n- empty tomb, though. Sorry. That's a- no. <laughs> Write that one down. That's going to come Write up later. One. Empty tomb. There's the correlation. Oh, no. that's good. So. Uh, I'm interested in what, what your question was that came up at life. Do you have anything else or is that? No, that, that was that the was only, it, that was was the the big only thing, thing to look at. I think I said this all three services. Okay. What controversial statement, let's see if you can guess it. What controversial statement in regard to like basic Christian theology did I push on heavily? Jaron's looking at his notes right what now. So if you're only, if you're not watching, I'll, I'll do a play by play. He's flipping through. What his, controversial statement. Yeah. Cause it was, it was heavily discussed at the college life group as it should be. And it is a difficult thing concept to talk about because in our Western American church mindset, we want to think, Oh, 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 you did. I, uh, okay. See. Was it the? It's okay. I feel no. confident, but I, as no, soon as that's it comes right. out of my mouth, you're gonna be it, like, it, "We could talk about that," and then I'll say, "No, it wasn't." But that's a good thing. So, so something at least for me, when you yeah. said, "I was like, oh, interesting." <laughs> I don't like you anymore. You, t- <laughs> you talked about the Lord when we pray. There it is. Is that where? Yeah. Yes. Jaron got it. Yes. See. Hey, if you see him next time, you see him, say congrats, just, buddy. Just give me a high five. I just, just want high, high five, buddy. Just, Good, strong oh, high five. oh uh, quick rabbit trail. Quick oh, let's rabbit go. trail. It, it wouldn't be the breakdown if it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Uh, at the end of second service. Uh-huh. Were you there or did would you already pop back up here to go live afterwards uh, to close out the service for the online? Well, like, like when I'm walking off. Oh, I was already up here. So you didn't hear anything that they did down here? No, because when so you... So last week, these dirty rats listened to the breakdown. Yeah, I'm calling you guys out, you dirty oh, rats. This? Yeah, they all clapped. I hurried up oh. there because I was like, 
Wow, couple really couple of the college students, and then was uh, it the college students? and then a couple of life group leaders <laughs> over here on the front row. They were like, "Well, we listened to the breakdown, and you never get." I was like, "I wasn't saying it for that." Yeah, I jerks. wondered because I was like. <laughs> We're talking about just death, and yeah. you like to end the show. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a third so of a mankind's gonna die. Yeah, got a bunch like, of morbid people. Oh, in our I know it, right? So anyway, oh, that's funny. Yeah, that uh, talking about prayer because that's the golden altar of incense. Like, there is this, like, there it's a tension thing mm-hmm. again. It's you know we know God hears our prayers, but there's also instances in Scripture where God says, "I'm not listening to you." And so we talked about God not hearing our prayers and like, even down to my wife, she was like, I'm struggling with that. Like, is there something in me that like, God's not listening to my prayers? And I said, no, he doesn't listen to the prayers of the unrighteous. (laughs) Again, that's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So I wrote this down because- Yeah, what do you got? So when God doesn't answer prayers, it's because it's not his heart for your life. It's your heart. Yeah. So where is your heart? Yeah. Because for me, when you said that, it wasn't as much as, and maybe I just didn't think and dwell on it long enough. Yeah. It wasn't as hard or controversial to when you said like the Lord doesn't doesn't listen to those prayers, yeah. and it's like because I tried to I tried to not make fun of, but make a lightheartedness yeah. of it, and I remember being like, well. Well, that's the case, you know, Ferrari in the name of Jesus, yep. you know, because you do have that thought, like. Just because I, the, just because you pray for something, doesn't mean the Lord is going to bless it or grant it. Yep. And sometimes the greatest answer—I I want to say more times than not—the greatest answer He gives us is no. So it's yes. like, well, I prayed for healing. Like, let, let's just go down the rabbit trail. You know, your grandpa, like, well, yeah. I prayed for healing. Why didn't God heal him? Because the answer is no. And, and it was the best thing for him. And it was the best thing for him. The best thing. You know, and that's, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, I even talked about somebody who was like, oh, I don't know if I can help losing my 109-year-old grandma. And it's, or she was like 97 or something like that. And it's like, she's ready to go. Like, yeah. I can't pray for healing over that. Like, there's also, we understand that man is destined to die once. He's numbered our days, our years. Like, I'm... I'm not going to go against the will of God and be like, okay, I know your word says man destined to die once, but I would like to be immortal. Mm. You know, like it, it, death, death isn't a normal part of life because death was never supposed to be a part of that. And I think that's why Jesus wept in John 11, 35 or whatever it is. Short, shortest verse in the The English verse I memorized. Shortest verse in the English, but it's not the shortest verse in the original Greek. Whole nother story. Anyway. Yeah, I took Greek. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, um, because death was never supposed to be a part of the story. It was always supposed to be life and life abundantly. And so anyway, and so when people say like, oh, dying is part of living. No, it's not. No, it's not. Jesus is a part of living. Yeah. Death was never supposed to be a part of the story. You know, like he didn't create life and then be like, oh yeah. And here's death too. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, and, but yeah, so when we're praying, Sorry, I got something stuck in my, just like a tickle in my throat. And so, so we're praying like that's a, I said that and it caused me to feel like, so is God hearing me? Or like, what if I'm like not perfectly walking in obedience? And I'm like, okay, raise your hand if you're perfectly walking in obedience then. So John has his hand up cause he's a liar and that's about to exactly get smited right. with me two feet from him. <laughs> right. And, and, and so it, 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 we, so we have to dive into that a little bit more and it's like, and I think the easiest way to describe any of this, you know, is are we okay with our sin? Are we loving our sin or are we, do we hate our sin and we're in a fight against our sin? Mm. You know, cause I don't like to use the term, uh, what is it? It's like when we sin consistently, we, oh, that we live in, oh my goodness, what's the word? Not theoretical. I don't know why I want to keep saying theoretical. Habitual. Don't ask. Okay. Close. Very close. <laughs> Very close. See? I love theoretical yeah. sin. For the guy that talks, you would think you'd have some words. But I don't even like to use the word habitual sin because like who doesn't sin habitually? It's not like I lied one time it and it never happened. Like an excuse to. It almost does. Like, oh, yeah. It's like I know I, I do live a life and I fall continuously into the continuously same things. There's other things that I don't fall to because I'm just not wired that way yeah. anymore. Like I, I've never hit my wife. 
you know, and I, I've not, I don't have a temptation to do that. Like, and I know that's a very real struggle and for whatever, like, and, and I grew up in abusive homes, like that's not fun. So anyway, but, th- but there are things that I struggle with and it's like, okay, I lose my anger a lot. I lose my patience a lot. Like drive slow in front of me and you'll be like, that dude's a pastor. You know, now I, I'm not telling you you're number one, but I'm definitely praying you know, curses upon you, maybe, exactly. you know, and thank the Lord. He says no to those, that right? The Lord would pour out oh. his wrath <laughs> on your driving. Revelation eight, Lord, right now, trumpet. Like I care, I carry a bugle when I drive. <laughs> so if you see me driving with my head hanging out the window, just bugle. Oh, when the saints go marching in, like I am just praying demonic locust of revelation <laughs> nine. Would... To blow the tr- <laughs> Amen. Right. <laughs> Be like, is that is that one of the angels? And no, that's that's our pastor. There he is. And that's so, our former pastor. So are we? <laughs> so it's like, are we at at battle with our sin, or are we at home with our sin? Yeah. Are we comfortable with our sin, or is it? Uh, so like, this sounds funny. We have like horrible bugs in our backyard. Mm-hmm. I literally walked through our backyard one time this weekend because I was putting stuff in the shed, and I have like. And I had flip-flops on because that's all I wear at home. I had like three crazy bug bites on the top of my left foot. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go to bed for like an hour last so night. Bad. It was so yep. bad. And it's like, it's irritating. It's burning. It drives me nuts. Like I'm mad about it. Like I, I literally thought like, can I just cut them clean off? Like, <laughs> can I cut that part of my skin just off? It was so bad. Like a tenth of a second, it feels good. And then it burns. Uh, and then and it, it just burns. It's like, yep. do I have that same feeling with my sin? Where it's just like, it irritates everything in me that that is not who I'm called to be. That is not, that is outside of the calling as a follower of Jesus. Or am I just like, that's ah, not that big of a deal. It doesn't even bother me that much. Like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even notice I had a couple bug bites there. And or I didn't put the bugs there. I, yeah, I had to go to the backyard. Yeah, yeah so exactly. It's not my fault, you know. Yeah. Okay, let's. So, so I found an article that we read. You saw it oh, kind of popped up. Yeah, let's go. So I found an article that I brought up, and I thought it was done well, just to give us some scriptural understanding of this. And that's um, honestly, I was thinking about this a little bit since Sunday. It's like I really do like that, and maybe I probably take too much like personal like <laughs> in it. But and even for myself, like I remember the first time I came across this concept, and it's like, but. I love pushing against the normal American church mindset of what they think the scripture is. So when you say something like that, hey, uh, just because you pray doesn't mean God hears you. I mean, you people start twitching a little bit. What do you mean? God hears everything. God's up. It's like, no, no, no. Because of our heart, he chooses to hear us or not, you know, because that's one of the things I was bringing up with. I think it was like Isaiah uh, 1, where he tells Israel, like, your incense, which is a... Uh, a symbol of prayer, like that's an abomination to me because of how you're living. You know, even though you're doing everything to the letter of the law, your heart's far from me and this is not good. And so your, your prayer to me is an abomination is pretty much what God is saying. And so I found this article and, and I thought it was good. Um, won't read it all. I'll just say, here's the, here's eight, uh, eight reasons God doesn't hear your prayers. Send it to me. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. So people can read the whole thing. They don't need to read the whole thing. <laughs> No, they need to read the whole thing. You know, because in all seriousness, this is what's funny. When you when you quote an author, mm-hmm. half of them are like, oh, you know who that Love is. Them yeah, or, or they're an idiot. Yep. And it's like, you just got to let scripture go. So uh, number one, you ignore the poor. So we just like, let's just have 30, 30 minutes of silence on that. Proverbs 21, 13. One who shuts his ear to the outcry of the poor will also call out himself and not be answered. They're buying drugs with it, Nick. They're buying alcohol. Yeah, that's between them and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, doubt. You can doubt that God can give you wisdom. James 1, 5 to 7. But many ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the sea of the or the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For that person ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. So it's a great promise. Oh, if you lack wisdom, ask God, but you better ask in full faith. You, you can be done reading. <laughs> number, th- I'm ready. number three, you're prideful. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
uh, you're unjustly violent. That one sounds pretty normal. Yeah, that can. You know, so that's Isaiah one fifteen. Um, you ready for this? Probably not. <laughs> if this doesn't wreck half of our listening audience, check your pulse. Number five, reason, fifth reason that God doesn't listen to your prayers. You're insensitive to your wife. First Peter 3, 7, husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. God cares about how you treat your wife. Treat her, cherish her, honor her. She's a co-heir. It doesn't matter if she's the weaker vessel, which I know would irritate some people, mm-hmm. but it, it, this is just what God is saying. It's not that she's calling, he's calling women out as a weaker vessel. He's calling men out to honor regardless of that. And he says, if you don't, your prayers, that's going to hinder it. That one hurts. You have selfish motives. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. That, Yeah, I want a yacht. I live a lake of the Ozarks. Come yeah. on, Lord. And, and what's so great about that is like, as hard as that is to hear, that is so great. Like, imagine if God answered all of our prayers with what we wanted. We say if we win the lotto. We say if we get yeah. the inheritance, we're going to tie to give to the church. I remember being in middle school, and there was one, we were riding bikes, and one kid was just like, God, if you're real, just strike me dead now and prove your existence to me. Middle school? Middle school. That's a little young. And it's like, thank the Lord that God's not like, all righty, <laughs> let's go. It was against my character, but here we go. <laughs> Uh, you love your sin too much. Psalm sixty six eighteen. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And then uh, Micah 3, 2 to 5, for reason number 8, you mistreat God's people. So this passage containing vivid imagery of what God thinks of those who mistreat his people, including false prophets and leaders. Hmm. So we as pastors, being knowing that we're judged yeah. stricter because of our position, but also... If we don't shepherd his people well, why would God listen to our prayers? Welcome to the breakdown, guys. So love your wives as Christ loves the church, as Christ does love the church. Remember the poor, for they'll always be with us. Okay, let's let's play this out. <laughs> let's let's hypothesis here. But and and so that's why I was trying to phrase it on the front end, like. So it's like, how, you know, do I never have prideful moments? Oh, I absolutely do. Do I ever, do I stop every time I see a homeless person? No, I don't. You know, I let the Holy Spirit lead in that. Sometimes I feel led to, other times I don't, you know. And so, um, but am I pursuing Christ with my life? And do I continually put my faith and my trust in him? Not for salvation, but for sanctification. Lord, what's that next thing you want to work on in me? Do I ever have a sharp tongue towards my wife? Absolutely. But then I hope that after I calm down and come to my senses, I walk up to her and seek forgiveness. Yeah. You know, and so there's, so there is grace in that and there is mercy in that kind of like what we talked about with the Lord there. Like he is, uh, he's pouring out his wrath on a third. And so he's actually showing mercy for the majority and he's only smiting. You know, he's sparing far more than he's smiting at this point. That was kind of the quote from Sunday. And so, and so to let that play out, like we, I think it's good to have that understanding to know, like, it's okay. Like if you're going, like if you, if you have a set time of prayer, like you wake up in the morning, you're just going to spend a little time in prayer, making your coffee, you know, whatever it is in the morning. Um, I was always kind of taught a little bit, like get your heart right for that. Lord, if there's anything un, unwell in me, if there's anything unclean in me, if there's any, anything unjustly in me, like, Lord, forgive me of that. You know, it set my heart right. And I love Psalm 51. Um, David wrote, obviously, when he was, you know, got caught, you know, knocking boots with Bathsheba. Um, but he's like, create in me a clean heart. And so in the same way, you know, we approach the Lord and it's like, hey, before I even cast my cares Mm -hmm. before I even intercede on the behalf of others. Lord, is my heart right? Like, let's, let's, let's deal with that first before any, 
anything else that I would want to put before you, yeah. you know, cause that's, because if I run in with everything else, but my heart's far from them, your incense is an abomination to me. And the way that we can so quickly manipulate that, oh, man. like the very thing maybe. So here's, here's where I'm. Yeah. Where my, are you going my, with this? My where brain you, is let me, for the person that may be listening, who's mm. struggling in uh, an abusive relationship. <sighs> Yeah. For the person who's listening, who's struggling with an addiction, who's yeah. cried out to the Lord to remove that. Yeah. Like the, the, the worst, like whatever yeah. we, I mean, we could go on, you yeah. know, like we, but whatever those things are where, where the heart, the motive to mm-hmm. want to be pure, to want to, to have uh, a non-abusive relationship, to not want to drink or look at porn or what, whatever that thing is, yeah. who's crying out to the Lord and that feels to them like the Lord is not answering because those things in in their own um, definition haven't been solved or fixed. Um, how do you how do you respond how, to that? Yeah, like how do you encourage someone to say like a good God it is leading and guiding and teaching without making it sounding because Let's just make it personal. Let's yeah, just say sure. for, for me that I struggle with one of those things. Uh-huh. Um, I understand that there are things just in the way in my own heart yep. that could be prohibiting mm-hmm. um, my request yeah. from being heard yep. and or answered. Those things seem less than. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where we get in trouble yeah. is we start defining. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, so a couple of things, you know, uh, somebody with an addiction as a non-believer and somebody with addiction as a believer. So start with the non-believer. So the, the first prayer of just like, Hey, wanting to be, uh, pulled out of an addiction, like we as the church need to be okay with their first prayer is a cry of salvation. Mm-hmm. Well, they still have these addictions. We know. Cry out to the Lord. Yeah, cry out to the Lord. I pastorally, theologically, I fully believe hundred percent that the that God is always has an ear for the cry of salvation, mm. a cry of repentance. Yep. Like I don't think anybody's ever cried out to the Lord in repentance or for unto salvation, and He's like, "Sorry, you need to get your life right." I I. It would, I'm probably in an understatement of my disgust of that kind of mentality of, oh, you need to go get your life right. Then you can come to the Lord and you come broken. Fix yourself and then come to the Lord. Yeah. And so, and so the first prayer of somebody that's not a believer that is struggling with anything like that is a cry of salvation and then stepping into it and how I would do that with somebody with any different type of addiction and, or an abusive relationship, those would all be very unique. Yeah to yeah, yeah. to the situation so kind of hard to speak broadly in that but pastorally like no the lord hears you in that now as a believer understanding that our lives and and what we do that you know again are we fighting against that sin are we okay with our sin those are two different hearts are we are we okay with the broken fellowship that we have with the lord you know because again he knows our hearts yeah. That's what we have to understand. He knows our hearts. Even, even in the midst of all the sin that I struggle with and all the things that I've been through, he's like, I get that. Like, God's not shocked at yeah. that. He's like, get through all the yuck and the muck. Like, I want your heart where you at. And so I think that's one thing that we can't overly state enough is God knows our hearts in it. And there's a difference between, oh, I'm going to do this and I know God will forgive me. Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah, like every once in a while I'll cry out to the Lord, like, I I just really would like to not do this anymore. But if you're not trying to put action steps behind it, you know, and so I think of like Galatians um, says, you know, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, he will also reap. For the one that sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows under the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And so like God knows our hearts in that. And so to flippantly just kind of be like, yeah, Lord, take this from me, but I know yeah. I'm just going to run right back as a dog runs back to its vomit, as Proverbs says. It's like, God knows your heart in that. You you see. don't truly want yeah. to be pulled from that addiction. 
and right. how deceitful our hearts are, like how we can deceive yeah. ourselves to think, you know, like go back to the, you know, yeah. oh, if I won the lottery or I won this inheritance, like if the Lord actually blessed that or gave that mm-hmm. to you, that's never going to happen. Yeah. You're going to run out and do everything else. And then to be specific to, let's say you're an abusive relationship. And I don't mean just physical either, because I think that's something the church gets wrong. Well, has he hit you yet? Doesn't matter. Don't you just asked the wrong question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to not get fired up, but there is emotional abuse, there's spiritual abuse, sexual abuse. Oh, but he hasn't hit her. And it's like, you abuse know what? Abuse is abuse. And a lot of times, I'd rather take the punch. Mm. I'd rather take the bunch than the emotional abuse, the manipulation, the da da da. So let me try to be as pastoral uh, with my pastoral authority as I can. <laughs> Great. If you are if you are listening to this in any context of it, if you are in a bo- in a, in an abusive relationship in any context of it, you fully have, I believe, theology, theologically, in every aspect, every right to walk away from that relationship. Now, I'm I'm not saying we need to run straight to the lawyer for divorce, but you do not need to stay in an abusive relationship. And there's so many times historically that we as pastors, and I'm going to lump myself into that, we don't have proper training. Mm -hmm. And we used to give piss poor, and I'm sorry to say it that way, advice um, and pastoring to our Uh, congregation members where they're in abusive relationships and will ask stupid questions like, oh, well, are you taking care of his needs? Are you submitting to him enough? And those are real things that I've had women in my office tell me from other pastors. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? So if you are in any form of an abusive relationship, pastorally, you do not have to stay in that. And, and there, there is perfectly fine to have a season of separation because sin always just grows in darkness. Yep. And so many times pastors gave horrible advice for, uh, and I'm just going to play the gender card for women to go back to their abusive husbands. And I'm not saying men can't be in abusive relationships from their wives and whatever. Um, but we, we as pastors gave horrible advice for women to go back to their abusive husbands and, and only greater abuse happened. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, knowing that here, there's that couple Sunday morning sitting on our pews in our church, looking like the loving couple. Mm -hmm. And she's just screaming in silence because she's abused at home, but the pastor didn't have the guts enough to stay into it and say that's sin and that is wrong and so hmm. (laughs) you'd say I'm a little bit passionate about that and so if you are you know uh, so if you are an abusive relationship and you feel like oh because of that is God not going to hear my prayers God always hears the the heart of the oppressed and the victim right now if you are the abuser Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother topic (laughs) And I will say this, if, if there is any other, um, clergy in any sense that hears this and disagrees with me, please call the church. I would love to have a phone call with you. The idea that, that God would want us to, to, to care for his people, which is the number eight that we talked about and know that there's this wonderful, lovely young lady being abused by her husband. And we just say, Oh, Hey, you need to submit more. You need to serve him more. You need to make sure his needs are, we need to do some stupid comment like that. And we put her right back into that. That is not justice. That's not Micah six, eight you know, seek justice, love mercy and walk humbly with you. That's not seeking justice. That's, that's just causing a worse situation to get worse than even what it is. And so uh, if you disagree with me, please call the office. We'd love to set up an appointment and that, that, that in, even in counseling class, like that was always so hard because like I grew up with a little bit of an understanding of that from a first person perspective. And like you have these kids that are coming out of really great Christian homes and they're just reading the Bible, but, but God hates divorce. And it's like, yeah, I know that. He also hates abuse. And he also hates abuse too. And where are you going to go with like, uh, and it's just like, I, it always struggled with that. It's like, how can you read all through scripture and hear God's heart for the oppressed, the hurting, the broken. And, and then just to say, Oh, but, but God hates divorce. And it's like, 
you know, now, yes, I believe in the transformation and, and the power of the gospel to transform some abusers' hearts, um, but that's, it, it might take a season of a separation to cause that, you know, so anyway. Because the way that we live in, in very black and white terms, yes. like, because that's always been the thing. It's, it's either marriage or divorce. It's like, yeah. There are actually other options in between. Yeah. There's separation. Yeah, there, there's, there's legal. a legal separation yeah. even in that. And even if you get divorced, you can get married again. I, I've met him a couple times. Uh, he's he's a little more famous than me as a, as a pastor, and I have no fame whatsoever, which is perfectly fine. <laughs> keep saying what you say. Yeah, you wrong guy. Kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to walk me home so I don't get jumped. So <laughs> it's gonna be. Uh, but a guy named Mark Gunger who does a lot oh, of yes. marriage stuff. He wrote multiple articles, and and in part that I read those, and I thought. He was able to articulate what my heart has always been. I just didn't know how to say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I read those and it was like, absolutely. You know, and so, uh, and he has like a a massively zero tolerance policy for any of that. Like even like if your husband's struggling with pornography, let's call it out. I mean, that's sexual immorality. That's adultery. Like let's, and, and, and it was, it was him and a couple of these, because he went through like five or six different, um, because obviously he does a lot of marriage counseling and different things like that, speaking into marriage. He brought up a few instances, like five or six of like, hey, where, and he's like, look at your state laws. Is there a legal separation? He goes, I, I absolutely encourage because it, it pulls that sin out of the darkness and into light. And a lot of these abusers, again, in any form of the word, um, they, it, it, it sin grows in darkness like that. And you've got to bring it into the light. And we're always, we're so afraid of, and this has been like, you get passionate, like you, you didn't have to watch to, I mean, you could hear it, but like for me, um, I get pretty lit up, uh, about, um, the church is supposed to be a hospital for the sick. Yeah. Not a country club for the self-righteous. Oh. And how many times have we, we've, we've created, um, our words say one thing, our actions oh, yeah. say another, you know, and we've created these welcome home catchphrases. You're welcome here. Come as you are. Very churchy. They until become they synonymous. walk in Yeah. And until they walk in and that person is so terrified, mm-hmm. either at what they themselves are struggling with yeah. or they're afraid to bring their spouse, their partner, their, you know, their kids sin into the light because yeah. of all of the uh, mishandlings and abuse by the church before, you know, in the way that it was brought out in the light and then shoved back into darkness, so to speak, where it's like, I'll lose my friends. I'll lose my family. I'll lose my life group. They'll think different of me. And it's like, no, the the people that know you, the people that that God has called to shepherd you, um, who love the Lord and know scripture, they know the truth and they're willing to seek out the truth. But we're always like we live in this picturesque, perfect world where yeah. we want to walk into church as the happy, smiling family and not talk about the, what's going on behind closed doors in yeah. the dark. And so just like bread grows, you know, in the Mold, dark. Oh, yeah. Mold gets, you know, like we, we let those same things happen because we're so afraid. Like, what's the worst thing that you lose a friend or two? Were they really your friend? Yeah what's the worst thing if somebody talks about you? Like, and I've got myself in trouble with that where I categorically would be an overshare, mm-hmm. but it's like, here's the table. Here's my baggage. Yeah. Take it or leave it. There, there like, is. yeah. You, you, and you, we can't get slapped for not being authentic, you know, because, and I think the other thing as we're reading through those eight reasons and those verses and everything like that, like look who it's directed at, you know, for me, if, if, if anything, it's those who think that they're comfortable in their faith. Mm. You know, it's, it's the, it's the whitewashed tomb. It's the outside of the cup that's clean, but the inside of the cup is dirty. It's those who think, Oh yeah, I'm good to go. That there's no room for God to grow in my life. Like I've already arrived. Like it, it's not to those that are hurting, oppressed and broken. And so we can still, as the church, I think fully say that the broken, are welcome here and the Lord loves you. Mm. It's, it's the self-righteous, which is, I think one of the greatest, um, diseases mm. 
of the American church that we don't even see as how self-righteous we can be. I think that's the, as you read through that list of those eight different things, like that's who I hear the word of God calling out Mm -hmm. is understand your brokenness. Yes, we are redeemed and restored and we are made new in Christ and he is continually sanctifying us and and we are all in process, but never lose sight of your brokenness. Never lose sight of that desperation that you had because we all had it at one time of Christ. We cried out like we all had that desperation for Christ. Don't lose that. You know, now again, it's not for unto salvation because we are saved and we fight from that victory, but we need that same desperation that we fight now the old man that wants to wake up and take over again. It's like, nope, keep putting him in the grave, you know, and let the new man be restored. That's who, and I think that's the, that's the idea for me there. Like if there's a self-righteous, like... Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. It's just a little white lies. It's just it's it's our. Uh, I have a book in my office. Respectable sins, mm-hmm. the ones that we put up with as the church. Like if we're living in those, I'll say it. I'd be shocked if the Lord really wants to listen to us then. Mm-hmm. But those that like, I understand. Like think of the publican and the sinner, and they they are at the temple and they're praying, and the publican's just like. Lord, thank you that you didn't make me a sinner like these people and look at everything that I do for you. But the sinner in the back of the room, quietly, quietly head down, beating his chest, not bringing attention to himself, can't even lift his eyes up because he knows he understands his spiritual states. That's the desperation we need of Christ daily. Mm -hmm. You know, understand who we are because then anything that we do for Christ it's it's not about us at all because I know who I am. I know I'm the worst sinner. I know I'm the chief one, right? So if anybody wants to go toe to toe with Paul, me, I got, let's I got go. This. Anybody wants to go toe to toe, come on, call the church and we can line them up. I got you beat. And and somebody called me out on that. They're like, you really do think that? And I said, absolutely, absolutely, especially because knowing who I am and and the call to lead a congregation. And knowing that I'm judged at a stricter level, it's like, yeah, you know, for, for there's, what is it? The, where much responsibility or whatever, like much is, is required of me. Opportunity, responsibility, whatever it is where, you know, I know that's going to be required of me. And it's like, yeah. So it's, yeah, I never want somebody to hear that and think, oh, okay, the Lord doesn't hear me. And it's like, I take that back. I do want somebody if they are, if they are just living in their self-righteousness and very prideful living and it's all about themselves. Yeah. I hope, I hope you hear that. But if, if you're hurting, if you're broke, if you're oppressed, if you're crying out to the Lord in that he hears you, those are, those are two different things. And so to try to apply that statement, broad brush to everyone, it's hard. that would be unfair. Yeah. 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 I love, I love, I love doing the breakdown. <laughs> I love how we start with <laughs> something totally with crazy. nothing, and by the time we get to the end of it, is is something because I, I wrote this down in my notes, and it was it was the thing for me uh, s- Sunday where I felt probably maybe for the first time since we started Revelation a little more caught off guard and maybe discouraged. Yeah. Um, because for so long, Revelation, and we've talked about this a lot, yeah. you know, so not to beat a dead horse, but Revelation no, no, stereotypically has been doom and gloom and Absolutely. end of the world and you know all, all the crazy things. But you, you said it on Sunday and you brought it up again and it was like, this hit me. We can properly, air quotes, yep. live out our life or live out our faith and our life and our hearts still be far from God. Yeah. And I thought for me, like, am I doing that? Have, has has my deceitful heart duped myself into believing that what I'm doing is good? Like that, that I'm okay. That, that the life that I'm living is, is a whitewashed tomb. You know, that I'm a cup on the outside that people think, go, oh, he's got it together. And it's like the inside, it's a hot mess of a disaster. And it started to put revelation in its proper perspective Yeah, where it's still a book of hope it's still a book of encouragement, but at the same time, especially now is, you know, we've left six, seven, eight, nine as 
as things begin to unfold and we see the reality of what God's wrath being poured out looks like, that's not a place that I want to be. And not driven from a place of fear, yeah, but a place of my prayer, Lord, is search my heart. Yep. Reveal to me the things that I've hidden so deep, so far in the back of the closet that I miss them with the quick glance, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cause like a broad brush, it's, it's a call to repentance for the unsaved and it's a call to holiness and obedience to the believer because like what you're saying about, let it be a cup, whitewashed tomb, whatever, you know, like that's where Jesus was able to say the sinner and the tax collector, the prostitute mm. are entering heaven before you yeah, because you think you have this perfectly in order life and you see them and it's like, yeah, how could they, how could they ever even be close to the kingdom? And he's like, they're entering the kingdom before you. Yeah. It's not that they're even close. Like, cause I think that's what the Pharisees thought. Like we're first place and everybody else are losers. And it's like, it's not even a close second. Like they're ahead of you right now because again, it's the heart issue. It's not the, I mean, even going back to David with Bathsheba, you know, it's the self-righteousness that he had of like, oh yeah, I'm the king and I'm the guy after God's own heart and da, da. And it wasn't until he f- was found out and the prophet Nathan's looking at him and says, no, you are that man that oppresses those and that cover up their wickedness. Like you need to have a proper understanding of who you are. And that's, it's the same way. Like, and that's a scary thought to think. Yes, the Lord wants obedience from us, but how how slippery of a slope it is to fall into self righteousness from that, mm-hmm. and and external obedience, and internal obedience. Those are two are different. Very oh, different very things. good. Yeah, like I can go to church, I can open my Bible, yeah, I can pray, I can do all the external things, even in private, yeah. But the internal Lord search my heart, yeah. like if I'm not. If I'm not willing to do the work on that end, then I am. Yep. Yeah. Treat treat your spouse the same way. Oh yeah, we went to date night. I asked her how her day was. I help her with the dishes and da, da da da. Do you love your wife? No. Why do you do all those things for? Because that's what's expected of me as a husband. Yeah. But you don't love your wife. No no no. Compared to the other person, I absolutely love my wife. Do I always get the dishes? Nope. Do I miss date night a few times? You know, do I, you know, do I always ask her about her day? Do I have that patience? Do you love her? Absolutely. But I'm striving for it. You know, where it's the relationship is the core focus, not the tasks that are needed to be completed so that I look a certain way. And that's That's where we miss it. That's good. Because you could have date night every Mm -hmm. Like every week, oh, yep. we have a date, and you would go looking on the outside. You'd go, man, I, I, I strive to have that in my marriage. Yeah, you know, I strive to have that in my marriage, and it's like, man, but behind closed doors, <laughs> that's not, you know, yeah. it's like that's the only striving that's going on, and yeah. and that it's the same. Hey, how's your day? How's you know? Yep, that's good. So, it's definitely you know a uh, uh, a very surreal wake up call. Yeah, you know, but also. There is hope in that mm-hmm. because who could work themselves into a right relationship with the Lord? No one. So how do we have that? Just through authenticity and realness and just coming to the Lord, casting your cares before him, really just unfolding yourself before him. He already sees it all. What he's wanting is you. Yeah. The the. Like he already knows everything. He wants you to do that for your heart change, not for his heart change, you know? And, and that is that relational component where the Lord does love you and he cares for you and he loves to be around the broken. Like that was, that was his whole thing. Even when he was on earth, he loved to be around the broken and the broken loved to be around him, you know? And that's, do we have that? Do we love to be around Jesus? Because it looks different than a lot of times we like to make it out. That's true. So, oh, welcome to the breakdown. It's <sighs> a good, it's <laughs> a good episode. How's that anything to do with Revelation eight? Uh, and the Lord is working. The Lord, the Lord is is doing something. So, oh, amen. But hopefully, uh, 
next week we'll have some questions. I'm ready for some Q&A. Let's Q- go. No, Q&R. No, Q&R. There not it is. Q&A, Q&A. He remembered. Question Q&R. and response. Not I can respond answer. to anything. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's right, but I got to respond to it. Uh, reminder as, as we close down, uh, if you do have questions, uh, I'll send out a reminder text uh, on Sunday. Uh, get in that text group. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, and then if you have questions specifically pertaining to that week's message, uh, or then, closely related. No, no, I'm it. saying specific because okay. sometimes church people As like the to, senior pastor, if it's closely related, it's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You're putting yourself up. <laughs> nah, um, I'll just say pass. That's exactly pass, like, no. Pass, I so we'll grab a couple of those. Uh, we'll answer them and we'll continue to learn and grow together and, and be challenged. And then Love it. next week we're walking in Revelation 9. And, and to close, if you are in a relationship, and and there's a struggle and you're and and you're dealing with any kind of abuse please know that we we don't have all the answers as we joke about Very a Q&A and R but, but we do care and we want to step into that and and there are resources out there and we would love um, to walk with you in and through that and help in any way that we can and please yeah. just call the office and and I, I don't even know if we need like a code word where you just hey Nick said call the office and ask for a star crunch and so if that's tell the staff that yeah, <laughs> like, so they'll be like, yeah, like nine people asking about little, little, yeah. Like, like in, in all honesty, please call. And, and I would love to meet with you and, and begin a process of, and again, the goal is always restoration of the relationship, yeah. but we, we want people to be safe and mm-hmm. to understand that that's not God's heart for you. So like, just always want to throw that out there. Like that is a very true offer and an actionable step that you can take um, if you're a part of our church or not. Yep. I 100% agree. Yep. Cool. Well, join us next week. We'll sit down again. We'll break down a Revelation chapter 9. Maybe some, uh, some Q&R next week. We'll a little Q&R. Some, All right. Get some questions. And, uh, but uh, we're going to wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for tuning in listening, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on a podcasting platform. Uh, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe or follow uh, the podcast, and uh, we'll keep diving into Scripture, keep learning, keep going together. But uh, for now, we're going to hang up the uh, the mics, our hats that we're, neither one of us are wearing. I probably need one. Uh, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. And uh, we'll be back at it next week. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.